welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're counting down the top 10 reasons we love Hollywood Studios. I think this is our last park for Walt Disney World. Unless we decide to do the water parks. Oh, yeah. I think because we've done Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, and Epcot. So yeah, this this is it. Um, so this is rounding out our Walt Disney World top 10 reasons why we love all the parks. So that's 40 reasons overall to go to Walt Disney World once this is done. That's a lot of reasons. It is a lot of reasons, but I feel like there's even more. Like it's hard sometimes to whittle it down to 10 reasons. But nonetheless, we will get to that. But before we do, let's cover the Disney news of the week. So there's only a few things you can count on in life. You know, they say death, taxes, and I think we add that Disney's going to increase ticket prices because... (laughs) It's another year and another round of ticket price increases. Uh, We talked a week or two ago about the 100th anniversary coming to Disneyland and how they weren't uh, having any reservations past January 8th. And I thought maybe that was because they were going to do something special for the 100th. It's not. It's just because they wanted to pass along a ticket price increase because they raised ticket prices and now you can buy tickets for whatever you want. So um, they raised ticket prices for the theme parks roughly 8% across the board. So depending on the different like tiers and how many days you go, it's different, but it's roughly 8%. So uh, for example, over at Disneyland, ticket prices uh, used to range for a one day, one park ticket from 104 to $164. They kept the 104 the same. They actually added a new tier. They call it tier zero. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, just zero. So, basically, like, you get nothing for it. So, I I don't know. It seems odd marketing. But they kept that at 104, and then the rest of the tiers all went up. So, now ticket prices go from 104 to $179 um, for a single-day, single-park ticket. Uh, And then they go up from there, again, depending if you do uh, park hopper, multi-day, things like that. So, Disneyland... Disney World, both saw ticket price increases. I think, you know, that's, again, expected. I mean, we're kind of used to it at this point that ticket prices are going to go up. Yeah, I I mean, I expect for them to raise their prices. However, I also think that the level of service is dropping. I feel like I'm, you know, beating the same drum over and over again. But yeah, I, I don't know if the prices, the price is getting really high, but what we're getting and the announcements and what they're changing is not very much. So... I don't know. I think they're pricing themselves out a little bit. Yeah. So on top of the ticket prices, so again, I mean, you kind of come to expect the ticket price increases, but they're basically increasing the price of all the add-ons and everything else as well. So Genie Plus is going up. Um, So now over at Disneyland, instead of $20 a day, it's going to be $25 a day. And that's if you buy it ahead of time. Um, Same at Walt Walt Disney World. They're increasing a little bit if you buy it ahead of time. If you buy it day of, they're now switching to a variable price model. So not only do the ticket prices vary depending on the day of the week you go, the time of year you go, now Genie Plus is going to vary as well. So you can't even lock down, hey, I know Genie Plus is going to cost me $15 or $20 a day. Uh, Over at Walt Disney World, the initial range is between $15 and $22 a day. Um, and at Disneyland, they talk about it can be, uh, you know, variable, I think past the $25 a day if you buy it in advance. So uh, again, just now they have variable Genie Plus costs, variable Lightning Lane costs, variable ticket costs. So that's going up as well. They also announced uh, over at Galaxy's Edge, the Droid Depot and the Savi's lightsaber experience prices are going up. So now it's going to cost $250 uh, to build a lightsaber, which I think at that price it's starting to 
price itself out. It originally, I think when it started, was like $199 or... Yeah, I feel like you paid $200 yeah, and was, I paid $100 because mine was like For the roughly, droids. Yeah, yeah for the droids. Yeah, the so, so around $200, I think, you know, the lightsaber is a, a really high quality. I think the experience was great. I think... Again, two fifty. Once you start getting up there, you know, I mean, in a year or two, it'll probably be two seventy five, three hundred. I think that's starting to price itself out. The Droid Depot is is now one hundred and thirty dollars, which I think is totally not worth it. No, not at, at all. that price. So uh, it is interesting. I think to your point, kind of pricing themselves out of some things. I do think this is going to get, you know, probably less people to buy Genie Plus, which maybe is what they want. But I think it's going to get less people to do some of these experiences as well because. Uh, like I said, 250 that starts to feel pricey, especially for you know how cool that experience is. Uh, and definitely, yeah, $130 or so uh, for the Joy Depot definitely feels pretty expensive. $250 for a lightsaber is a lot of money. I mean, that was a cool experience, but I don't know if it was. it's worth $250. I think that that $200 mark feels like the right price for me yeah i feel like you start getting into like psychological barriers once you get up right there and again i mean in a couple of years who knows what it's it's going to be from there so all right and, and the last piece of disney news and this ties in very nicely to our discussion on hollywood studios this week is that we finally have an opening date for phantasmic so it's the final nighttime show uh, over at walt disney world phantasmic will be coming back november 3rd so that's exciting we have an official date finally hopefully that holds yeah. um because there's been you know some discussions uh on phantasmic but hopefully that holds because again that's a a great show absolutely i've been waiting for this one to come back it's one of my favorite nighttime shows uh besides the castle show it's it's my favorite and i'm really excited to see what they've done with it um hopefully they haven't changed it too drastically i just think the water screens and the boats and the characters it's really a big value add and i can't wait to see it again yeah, so let's jump into our list on the top 10 reasons why we love Hollywood Studios, and we'll start with Fantasmic. So I think for all the reasons you just mentioned, um, Fantasmic is an incredible nighttime show. It's very different from the other shows that Walt Disney World has compared to like the Castle Show, which is big on projections and fireworks and spectacle, um, and even kind of what they're doing at Epcot now with Harmonious. It's, it's a much grander show. You're watching it around the lagoon versus Fantasmic. You know, you're in stadium seating. Uh, it's a much different environment. It's a little bit maybe more comfortable. You can sit during mm -hmm. it. You're not, you know, trying to stare over everybody's head holding up their camera on Main Street to see it. So that's nice. Uh, and it is a really cool show because it uses, like you said, those water screens, kind of like World of Color. And, and just overall, I think it has a really strong story and they have some new scenes. So I, I think Fantasmic is only going to get better here. Yeah, I just think that there's something about that show that is really special. I think that you know, the combination of character and the water screens and yeah, you, like you mentioned the sitting down, I didn't even really think about that, but you know, as somebody that's not particularly, you know, over six foot, uh, it's nice to be able to sit and know that I'm going to be able to see, I'm excited for this to return and excited to see it. Definitely. All right. So the next reason why Hollywood studios is a great park is just its theme. So it, it's that great mix of kind of old Hollywood and movie magic. And, you know, I feel like it's a little bit less on the movie magic than it was when it first started. And it was, you know, MGM uh, Hollywood Studios, where it was definitely, you know, it was an active movie studio for a time there. Um, but it still has kind of that fabric of the movies and of, you know, creativity with, 
you know, Star Wars and Pixar and even Mickey and Minnie's. I mean, it, it still has that kind of behind the scenes magic. Um, and so I think that is a great theme. And then you have the whole Hollywood section with the Tower of Terror and everything like that. So I, I think that kind of combination of theme really goes well hand in hand together. And, and I think just really gives a great ambiance to the park in general. Yeah, I think that Hollywood Studios is my favorite place to go shopping. I really enjoy going down Hollywood Boulevard and going in the shops. And I always feel like Hollywood Studios, for some reason, has some of the more unique merchandise. Um, You know, I know Magic Kingdom has Main Street and there's a lot of really great shops there. But I feel like there are some sneaky, good shops in Hollywood Studios that have unique stuff that you don't tend to find over in Magic Kingdom or even in the big Disney store in Disney Springs. The next one is probably one of my favorites and that it is the only place where there is a Mickey and Minnie attraction with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And I love this ride. This is probably one of my favorite rides in all of Disney World. And it's because I just really love the story of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. I love that Mickey's the one who messes up. You know, Goofy keeps driving the train, but Mickey's the one who crashes into the train car, like the train and actually disconnects it, um, which is why there's a whole runaway rail. I also just really enjoy the character of Chuby, which they made for this ride. And I just think that it is just all, all in all a fun ride. And I mean, nothing can stop us now. Great song. I walk around singing that all day. Yeah, you definitely cannot beat a park that has the only attraction that has Mickey Mouse as a main character. I mean, it's the it's the company that the mouse built and the fact that there are no other attractions with Mickey in it is kind of crazy as the main character. So the fact that Hollywood Studios has the first attraction that's done that uh, is pretty amazing. Our next reason why Hollywood Studios is awesome is something that I've hated on in the past and I've really come around to and that is the Hollywood Tower of Terror. Love this ride. You know, it's one of those situations where, again, we hadn't ridden it in a really long time. The lines were really long and I thought I forgot how wonderful it was. And then recently I've rekindled my love for the ride because it just has that really cool feel where it's not using like Disney IP, but it it's done in such a Disney way where it really sells the whole experience of this defunct hotel. I love the details around the the Hollywood Tower Hotel and all of like the dust and the the spider webs and then even in the the mezzanine or like right outside where you wait where the number or the letters in the different places on the hotel floors are missing. Um, it's just a great overall ride. Yeah, you bring up a, an interesting point where this ride is kind of like a relic of old Disney theme parks where it is not based on Disney IP. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it was kind of a time where Disney didn't own a lot of IP. I mean, they didn't own Marvel and Star Wars and, and all that sort of stuff. And so they, they had to lease IP from other people. And it's not something they do now. It's kind of what Universal's playbook is at this mm-hmm. point. I mean, Universal is is kind of leasing out most of their biggest IP. But yeah, it's interesting that it is still around and it, it is this relic of this like bygone era from the Disney company and theme parks, but you're right. It works really well. And I think it shows that Disney doesn't always have to use their own IP, that they can do well with other people's IP if it's interesting and it's memorable and it has a good story. And I almost feel like Disney kind of 
maybe should use that a little bit more. Or or yeah. we've talked about you know trying to do original attractions like with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. I think these two attractions give a good blueprint for Disney as opposed to hey trying to shoehorn you know every Pixar ride they can in or every Star Wars or every Marvel ride. I mean, we, I've, I've talked about this before. I don't think what they're doing with the Avengers campuses is anything that special. Having been to the one in Disneyland and the one in Disneyland Paris, they're, they're very similar. They're not that memorable in terms of lands. And, you know, you almost wonder, would they be, have been better served at getting some other sort of IP or, you know, looking at maybe some of their lesser used IP that f- they now own because of Fox. You know, they have a, a much you know larger movie library that they can use, and, and maybe should they try using some of that stuff versus just being like, "Hey, we got to have Marvel, we got to have Star Wars." So, um, yeah, th- those two attractions I, I think are, are two great reasons to love Hollywood Studios. They could build a Wonder Wharf. <laughs> they could. <laughs> Yeah, they, they could definitely do that. I think speaking of attractions, I think overall, you know, just outside of those two specific attractions, Hollywood Studios has a great mix of attractions. And I think it is one of the most balanced parks in terms of the attractions they have. So you have something like Tower of Terror, which is very uh, a thrilling, a high intensity attraction, same with Rock and Roller Coaster. But then you also have kind of more family friendly rides like Alien Swirling Saucers, which is not a high intensity attraction. It's still a lot of fun, but it's made for young children to ride. And kind of then like as they graduate, you know, they have Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. They have Slinky Dog Dash, which is a roller coaster, but it's a fairly tame roller coaster, especially compared to something like Rock and Roller Coaster. So I think it has a a really good mix and it's a it's a good place where like your whole family can have fun. And even something like I love Slinky Dog Dash. Again, I mean it's not an insane roller coaster. And I think Alien Swirling Saucers is a lot of fun too. It is. Um, even as an adult. So it, it's a place where you can have a good mix of attractions. And I think the whole family can have fun. Whereas, you know, something like Epcot, it has a mix, but I feel like there's not that volume of attractions. Or same with like Animal Kingdom, yeah. there's not that volume of them there. And Magic Kingdom's definitely geared more towards kind of like the tamer. It it's the boat ride. Yeah, things like that. Whereas, yeah, Hollywood Studios just has a great overall mix. And then moving on from attractions, not only does Hollywood Studios have a lot of great attractions, but our next reason is all of the great shows it has. And looking back at our, our recap, uh, our recent trip to Disneyland Paris, one of the things we like talked so highly of was the mm-hmm. shows that they had there and how great those theater shows uh, were and how we wish... Disney parks in the U.S. would have more shows like that. And really, Hollywood Studios does have some great shows. So they have the Beauty and the Beast show, mm-hmm. and they also have the Indiana Jones show. And then, you know, the Indiana Jones show kind of goes back to that, like, movie magic, because it's all yeah. set about, like, the making of the movie. And that's really the only park, like, outside of, like, the Finding Nemo show I could think of, and I guess the Festival of the Lion King, which isn't really, like, a stage show. And those are in Animal Kingdom. So, you know, outside of those shows, it's, like, really at Hollywood Studios. And I think these are two of the better shows um, that are out there. Right. Yeah. The, you know, our most recent trip, we did that Indiana show, Indiana Jones show. And I forgot how cool it was. And I loved how they moved the sets around and kind of showed you a little like that movie magic and kind of taught you a little bit of the, like who does what on set as well. So I think that that is really interesting. And I also enjoy the kind of 
educational aspect of that. You know, you have that educational aspect over in Epcot and Animal Kingdom. And it is kind of cool to have still like a relic of that from back in the day when it was MGM. I do kind of wish that they would play a little bit more into that because it is really interesting to feel like you're getting a peek behind the scenes. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, the last time we went, I didn't remember what that Indiana Jones show was about. I mean, I remember it was about Indiana Jones and uh, yeah, kind of going into that, that was a really pleasant surprise and I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. And I feel like, you know, the past few times we had gone, I was like, Oh, I really don't need to see that. It's not really that cool. It's just about Indiana Jones, but seeing it again, kind of refresh my mind. That is really interesting to your point. I'm someone that really likes the kind of behind the scenes, nitty gritty of how stuff's made and and as you mentioned like you you learn what people you know what different people do on movie sets and kind of how those stunt coordinated coordinations work and that sort of thing and it was really awesome to be able to see that i i completely agree with everything you just said except for you disrespected my favorite show birds in flight you know all the bird shows i love the bird shows that's true over in animal kingdom but that's not like that's not like a theater show that's like a short show with animals like again like if you're thinking of something like a disneyland paris where they have mickey and the magician i mean it is scripted or they have like the the lion king show over there i mean you're in a theater setting there's thousands and thousands of people you're right the bird show is a show but you're kind of on bleachers it's maybe a few hundred people it's definitely not to the scale that something like the indiana jones show and beauty and the beast are the birds even have lines it's a similar but what i'm saying is there's I not many you, there's not you. many of these type of shows and hollywood studios has two of them yeah, you're um right. you know which especially is especially for great. such a small park yeah yeah to have to have two great shows um is is pretty impressive on top of all the other great stuff it has so another really interesting thing about hollywood studios is again you know i keep emphasizing the fact that it's small but despite the fact that it's small it has some of the most interesting and best food of all of the parks so they have really great quick serve restaurants you know we're always a big fan of backlot express there's uh, i've gotten really awesome salads there before yeah, I, I think backlot express may be one of the best quick service restaurants i think it's number two for me in in all of walt disney world yeah i mean I, it's definitely it's Definitely. I think Suli Canteen's number yeah, one, and I, this is probably number two. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of you know, just not even just Hollywood Studios being one of the best places to eat, if you're looking for quick serve, it's one of the best quick serves in all of Walt Disney World. You know, And besides that, there's a lot of other great quick service restaurants in Hollywood Studios. So not only do they have Backlot Express, which is great, they have Woody's Lunchbox, which I know is always uh, ranked very highly. They have uh, Docking Bay 7. Uh, over in Galaxy's Edge, they have a lot of great uh, quick service restaurants. You know, versus something like a Magic Kingdom, where their quick service restaurants leave something to be desired. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, in addition to that, there are some really awesome themed sit down restaurants, which again, I feel like is you know kind of a callback to the past, where they kind of have this pasty kind of feel to it. Pasty, pasty. That's a word. Okay, we're gonna make past timey. I think is what you're looking for there. Yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm going to go with it. So they have Hollywood and Vine, the 50s primetime diner, and sci-fi drive-in theater. So all of those restaurants are kind of a really cool experience. And so, you know, even if the food isn't always the best, they're still really cool to go see. Yeah, these sit-down restaurants are so drastically different in theme. Mm -hmm. And and it's really interesting to be in them. Like the 50s primetime diner, it is 
past timey or, or past what were you saying i think he said pasty okay what, whatever that was but it you know it, it is like like you're in the 50s the the sci-fi drive-in theater is really cool you're in these cars it's like you're in a drive-in theater they show these b movies as you eat like they have really unique experiences there uh and again it's it's not something you get at a lot of the other sit-down restaurants walt disney world has a lot of great sit-down restaurants in terms of you know food and service and all that sort of stuff and to your point the food's maybe not the best at all of these compared to some of the other sit-down restaurants but the experience and the entertainment value it's something you're only going to get at disney world like you're not going to go to another theme park. You're not going to go to a restaurant, you know, in your local hometown and it's going to be, you know, showing B movies and you're in, you know, fake cars like you're at a drive-in theater. Like you're only going to get that at Disney World. You're only going to get that at Hollywood Studios and that's what makes it so special. That's what elevates it and makes it a theme park and that's what makes Hollywood Studios and that's what makes Disney great is is things like that and experiences like that that you can only get there. Absolutely. All right, so number eight reason is the proximity that Hollywood Studios has to the boardwalk. So we talked about all the great places to eat, all the great things to do at Hollywood Studios, but let's say you're kind of tired of of eating at those places. You're you're kind of maybe tired of walking around Hollywood Studios for a while. You have the boardwalk right there, and the boardwalk has a lot of great entertainment options, a lot of other great restaurants, Uh, and it's a really cool experience because it is modeled after an old school you know, Atlantic City boardwalk. And, mm-hmm. and again, it's, it's its own, you know, kind of time period. It's its own kind of piece of, you know, history. And it's a little bit of a time capsule there to go and, and see that, you know, go get some ice cream and walk around the boardwalk. They have those, you know, pedal bikes that you can get uh, and just kind of have a leisurely stroll. And the fact that that's right there and it's so easily accessible, you can walk to it. You can take one of the boats uh, and quickly get to the boardwalk is pretty great. It, it, it gives you a nice little, reprieve throughout the day without maybe having to go all the way back to your hotel. You know, if you're just kind of like, Hey, I'm a little tired. need to get away from the crowds. The boardwalk's not that crowded. It's a nice place just to kind of go, like I said, grab a snack, get something to eat. Uh, and and it's nice that you can go there very quickly from Hollywood studios. I appreciate that there is, you know, like kind of a pirate ship at the beach and yacht club, which is part of like the boardwalk area. I like the buildings there. And actually this is probably one of my favorite parts of a lot of the Disney races is I actually love running on the boardwalk. I like the sound of your your feet on the planks. The only thing that freaks me out about it is um, a lot of times in the morning, it's like a little dewy and I'm afraid I'm going to slip on the wood, but it's a really pretty area to run in. All right. And our last two reasons, so number nine and 10 kind of go hand in hand and they are Galaxy's Edge, which is uh, an incredible land, whether you're a Star Wars fan or not. It has the best attraction that I think Disney's made in Rise of the Resistance. Uh, it has the Millennium Falcon in there. And then uh, specifically, which is kind of the last reason, is Savi's Workshop. Because I think even without Galaxy's Edge, Savi's Workshop and Lightsaber Building Experience is one of the best experiences you can have in any theme park. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. They're raising the prices. It's starting to get priced out a little bit uh, in terms of how... A little bit. How worthwhile that experience is compared to what you're paying for it. But I still have fond memories of going to Savi's workshop, building a lightsaber. You didn't pay $250 for it. I, I didn't, but it still was the best experience I have had 
in a theme park. It is like Ollivander's Wand Shop times 100. It, it is really great. It is a really great experience if you are a Star Wars fan, and I think that's why Disney can charge $250 because there's enough people that are diehard Star Wars fans that would love to pretend like they're Jedis and build their own lightsabers. It's totally worth it. So Galaxy's Edge as a whole is reason enough to go to Hollywood Studios for everything it has to offer. And then, again, just independent of Galaxy's Edge, Savi's Workshop uh, is another incredible reason uh, to go to Hollywood Studios. Yeah, Galaxy's Edge is an interesting one. You know, I still do wish it was more colorful. It's not particularly the uh, prettiest thing to look at. It's not like Pandora. But they do a really interesting, nice job of selling the land. I love seeing the stormtroopers walking around. I like whenever Ray is up, um, you know, in the one little kind of stage area or when Kylo Ren comes out. It's just it has a really interesting feel to it. And I always love my favorite part about it is I think that some of the, the workers there are the best workers that there are in all of Disneyland, uh, Disney World, because they are just so dedicated to it. And they are so good at kind of going back and forth with you and finding other names that are Star Warsian for, you know, things that you're talking about or like a photograph or whatever they'll 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 have a different name for it the hollow scan yeah i mean they they know their terminology mm -hmm. in world terminology everything's credits it's a hollow scan it's it's not a photograph you're not paying with money they are to your point i think very dedicated yeah cast members and then even on top of that i mean that's just you know kind of people out in the land the cast members on, on rise. rise of the resistance gonna get there yeah are, are are absolutely incredible as well yeah, I just love how absolutely, I don't want to say evil they are, but how curt they are and like a little bit rude they are. Um, you know, this just, I think that that would probably be one of the funnest places to work, except for the fact that you couldn't laugh at any of your own jokes and I'm not good at doing that. But they are just so good at selling the fact that they are working for, you know, this organization that is kind of, not great um and it, it's just it's a lot of fun so the the land itself is just it's fun on several levels and it's not necessarily visually as appealing but it's fun in, in other ways no definitely and i'm gonna give one honorable mention to the muppets hollywood studios has the muppets area there muppets 3d and you can never go wrong with the muppets but that wraps up the show for this week. So I want to thank everybody again for listening. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It really helps and we really appreciate it. Thanks for letting us your ears. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.